Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Mind Matters Podcast Show with myself, LeVar Ellis, clinical psychologist, Dr. P, and our man, Mr. David Manning. Um, we are back. We are glad everybody is connected with us, and we want to bring you into the show. Um, we thank everybody for tuning in each and every week, and uh, we just want to let you guys know this is the Mind Matters Podcast Show. You see the logo there on the screen, and we are going to come in joining you guys. Uh, we appreciate everybody. Welcome back. Happy holidays. It's the holiday season, you know? Yes. Um, so, again, for my those who are just now tuning in, my name is LeVar Ellis. I am the youth and community activist of the group. I'm Dr. Rashida P. Ryan, also known as Dr. P., the clinical psychologist. And I am David Manning, also known as David Manning. Um, <laughs> happy you guys are with us today. Absolutely. So first thing I want to do is just say um, welcome back. I hope everybody had a great uh, Thanksgiving holiday break. Um, you enjoyed your Thanksgiving. Uh, David, I don't even know. We haven't talked much about it, but I talked to Dr. P. We were having a hard time. I was having a hard time getting that pre-recorded show up. So hopefully if you missed us last week, um, there was a major internet connection, I, I would say, that I had. And um, we finally got the show up, so it's definitely on our page. If you want to go and check out what we had to bring to you guys last week, you can definitely go to YouTube or the uh, Facebook page and check out everything we talked about. And it was a very good show. Um, I think probably, to me, our best so far, um, as we continue to talk about the sense of, you know, the uh, development, emotional development of black men. So, and we talked about some other things, too, so I definitely hope talk about the holiday blues and how to kind of chase those blues away. So definitely hope you go check it out if you didn't get a chance because we're still in the holiday season. And later on, we're definitely, not today's show, but another show while you know, Christmas time is going on, we'll talk about those blues again. Absolutely. Absolutely. David, what you got to say about the Thanksgiving break, brother? Uh, I enjoy myself. I see my family. I had a good time. Um, no, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Um, I, 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 I hope everyone else enjoyed themselves as well. I really do. Absolutely. And of course, we got to look over here to IG, say what's up to everybody on IG. We thank y'all yeah. for tuning in. And we got to do a little lean in thing because of the screen not <laughs> yeah. being that big. Um, but hey, mom. Hey, Miss Juanita, Lady J. What's up, baby? We appreciate y'all tuning in each and every week. Um, and for everybody who's on uh, our YouTube channel, who's on Facebook, and for those, again, of you who are joining us on Instagram, we appreciate the support and the love. So, um, just a little thought that came to my mind. I know you spoke a little bit about it, but I'd like to kind of talk about Thanksgiving just briefly. With my Thanksgiving, I was around a bunch of family, and, and it's been, I won't say it's been a while because I really can't remember, but it was just good to be around family is what I'll talk about. You know, since we're talking about mental health and wellness again, this show is all about mental health and wellness. It's, uh, the Mind Matters podcast show, and it's all about checking the mind because it matters, right? And so for anybody that's your first time tuning in, that's the whole premise and point. Um, again, I'm a community activist. Dr. P is a clinical psychologist for the last 20 plus years. David, licensed professional counselor, right? Licensed professional counselor for I'll 10 plus years. Absolutely. So give it up for y'all, man. Let me be real. Um, and I can hear all the clapping that everybody's doing right yeah. now. But no, seriously, back to uh, Thanksgiving. It was a good. It was good to be around the family. Um, you know, just a little funny story. We uh, were over at our kid folks' house. Two cousins with a house in between them. You know, they stay on the same block, same street, with a house in between them, separating them. 
And uh, we were over there. Everybody was ready. I was frying turkeys. You know what I'm saying? I might make that a, a little business that I'm thinking about. You ever need a fried turkey? Holler at me. I'm your man. No but no. <laughs> uh, so we heard a big boom. Transformer blew out. Delayed Thanksgiving for about two, three hours. But it was kind of chilly. Kids were outside. And it was just cool to kick back and be present. Right? Be present and just peep everything that's going on. You know, all the little different conversations. Being around family. Soaking it all up. Before you knew it, they had the lights back on. It was two, three hours later. And uh, it was just a good time. And, and you know, family always say dinner's at two, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or dinner's at one. It's never, well, it's never at that time with my family. <laughs> and, uh, but it allow us, allowed us to get things together, you know what I'm saying? And just really get into uh, the situation we were trying to provide. So that's my little Thanksgiving story. It was, it was good. Yeah. I don't no, know I have say, anything else. No, just this is a good thing. Um, for me, sometimes, you know, Thanksgiving is not one of my favorite holidays because I don't like the food. That's the only reason why. I'm not really a big Thanksgiving food person. But in terms of, you know, I know, I know.
because they teach you to pass the test, mm-hmm. um, you become great at multiple choice. Yeah. Like I understand that um, um, Jamestown is 1607. Um, I don't understand it in the context of a number line. Um, see, they don't they don't teach it to you in the context of like a story because then you'll begin to piece it together, right? And it'll begin to make sense to you, right? They teach you from the context of answer this question, so you never really piece together history. It's always kind of fragmented. Like it's not till you become like self educated, get you a dope mentor, get around some some wiser people, get around a more informed group. Like it's not until your situation changes mm-hmm. that you become you know, inform, right? The school system ain't doing it. But we knew that. That's yeah. a whole nother topic. That's anyway. So yeah. yes, that's that's Thanksgiving in a in a nutshell for all of us. Um and so again we hope that you all had a wonderful Thanksgiving, obviously. Um and so we're gonna get into, you know, some of the things that we're gonna talk about today. Um but of course before we do that, we wanna make sure that we highlight some of our show sponsors. Um, and, and let them know that we thank them. This uh, this this culminates the the November month as we move into December. And another point that I like to make is, guys, like recognize 2021 is pretty much oh over. God. It's it a wrap. This year went by um, You know, and it's it's like get your house in order type of deal. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully you can move into some new uh, new ways, better ways. Um, you know, reflect upon everything that you've learned, what you've experienced. And uh, I plan to do that because 2021 was a was an up and down year for me mm-hmm. on, on a number of different reasons. But, you know, I would just um, advise, encourage everybody to just do some self-reflection on this year. You know, and we should do that every each and every day. So stay tuned for our what do we want to call the the, the meditation. We got to come up with a name for that that part of the uh, segment of the show. I, mean, I thought so we did something about this. I don't know. I don't know. Don't say that then. We're going to come up with a name, a real catchy name for that, but stay tuned for our uh, meditation part that we do. So before we get into our conversations, we want to get into our show sponsors and thank them, and uh, we'll let Dr. P talk about those guys. Our title sponsor, very first sponsor, On-Site Counseling, which is the premier institutional-based on-site counseling in which if you need counseling at a nursing home, group home, or um, schools, this is the agency that you would call to provide those services, especially in a time of COVID when people, you know, um, are not wanting to necessarily, you know, leave their home and come to an office or leave, you know, certain places to come to office, on-site counseling, it's a good site to call and get, see if you can get some help. And that's at 3007 Caroline Street, Houston, Texas. So definitely thank you, Tromorso, on his group. Absolutely, absolutely. And our next uh, sponsor? My Bright Future is our our original name, but we call ourselves Future. And it's the outpatient, which we provide medication as well as counseling. And so anytime you just, you know, need to talk, we're here. We either go to homes as well as people coming to the office. And we're here at 2626 South Loop West, Suite 545. Absolutely. And we thank you guys for believing in the show and pouring into us. So we want to say thank you. And at this time, if you're someone that's watching that you know of a business that um, could benefit from advertising or uh, promoting our show or being a show sponsor, simply just let us know. Um, I want to put up our information. They can send an email or you can send an email on their behalf and make sure we get their information because we definitely want to uh, take the show to a whole nother level. 
um, and we want them to contact us. So if yourself, you are a person who has a business um, or you know someone, again, you can send your information to the Facebook inbox, the uh, Instagram inbox, or you can email us at the Mind Matters Podcast Show at, at Gmail as you see it going at the bottom of the screen. Let them know about us and what we're doing because this is a show where we're asking you to check the mind because the mind does matter. It's a major, major thing, especially these days. And um, we are definitely streaming weekly, so you can benefit from that. We're streaming weekly on Thursdays from 6.30, um, live on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as we are doing right now. And you can follow us at the Mind Matters Podcast Show. So with that out of the way, and again, uh, thank you guys. I'll put up the uh, email again for a second for anybody who's trying to um, get that information. So. I guess we want to jump into it, and um, I want to yeah. say something. Absolutely. What I what I want to say this was um, that with the mind my you know mind matter podcast, we are steady growing, we're steady you know developing and flowing with our show. And one of the um, aspects of our show that we definitely want to make sure you know people feel when they watch this show. Not only do we talk about issues, and sometimes we talk about very painful, um, painful subjects that you know make bring about negative feelings we also want people to feel inspired we want to you know have you leave our show feeling inspired in spite of some of the things you might hear especially like i know for myself and i know for david's case too we take on a lot of people's pain um just like this this past week one of my patients she lost her son and he just died in his sleep we don't they don't know really what happened to him and you know and so she read what she she read to me what she plans to say or at least having this program at the funeral. And to hear this mom talk about her child from when she, he was in the womb until he was, to, you know, walking until he was a man, I couldn't do nothing but cry. Because it's like, I'm a mother, and I'm just thinking, like, that's the worst nightmare for a parent to lose your child. You know what I mean? But as we were talking, I could hear the relief in her voice that she got a chance to say it. You know, like, she, she felt peaceful by the end of the conversation. And she said that. She's like, when she first let me know about two weeks ago that her son had passed, and I said, I'm sorry I didn't reach out to you in enough time. She was like, no, because I wouldn't have been a process. I couldn't even think at that time. She was like, I'm numb. I don't remember anything. But now I can at least talk about it. And so when I, you know, when we talk about these, especially as a therapist, in which we do take on a lot of pain, I'm always searching for joy. I'm always looking for joy to keep me inspired. Because sometimes when you hear all this negative as a therapist, you start to feel like, is the world really good? You know, should I believe in God? Like so many bad things happen to people. But what I do want to say is that I find joy in every moment of my life. And this is why I want the show to reflect that. So that even though we do talk about very painful subjects, difficult subjects, we're gonna talk about trauma, which we're gonna talk about in a little bit, we also want you to, and you know, it's like finding that, what they call it, concrete rose, that rose still grows out of the concrete, or the sun still shines. One of my favorite songs is Lovely Day by Bill Weathers. It just makes me smile because it's like, hey, life is still good. So we definitely, as we go on in these shows, we're going to, you know, definitely imbue positivity into you. Okay? That's all I wanted to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. David, you have anything to add to that, bro? No, no, no. Okay. okay. I'm ready. Gotcha. Um, and it's, guys, if y'all really knew how we jump into these shows, man, y'all would be amazed on, on just the culmination of everything that we talk about and how we do it. So um, do we want to jump into the school thing? Yes. We want to jump right into that. So this week, here's another thing. 
it's so funny. It goes back to before we even start our first show. It goes back to us trying to be intentional and talking about what we're gonna do and what we're gonna talk about and are we gonna have content and you know what is the right thing to talk about. I'm gonna lean over here to Instagram a little bit, talk to them. Um, so we have fastly found out that we're never gonna run out of content, right? Because every single week we have something planned and then we have to change it up a little bit because there's always these mental health and wellness issues that come up. Um, and we're gonna talk about, from a number of different aspects, the school shooting that happened. Um, what is it, Michigan? Yeah. Um, up in Michigan at Oxford High. Uh, this young male, Caucasian male, um, 15 years old, was the shooter. Uh, reminds us of Columbine, reminds us of a few other shootings, but you know, we're on going on or right in the uh, middle of the third year anniversary of a shooting that happened more closely to us um, down in Santa Fe. So if you're from Houston, you're familiar with Galveston and all of this, it's, it's in between Houston and Galveston. So back in 2018, there was a school shooting in Santa Fe. Um, eight students were killed. Two teachers were killed. 13 others in, injured. 17-year-old um, shooter. And it's just mind-blowing. So think about these people, and then they see just on the news in a whole nother city, whole nother state, they see this shooting by a 15-year-old killing four students. Um, seven others are injured. Um, just bringing back all, this, all yeah. those memories, right? Bringing sure, back all these yeah. things that they had to go through not too long ago. So um, just think about it. Think about you dropping your kids off at school and you're not as a parent, you're no longer in control of what your kid is going to go through, what they're going to experience. Um, are they even prepared for something like that? Do you have a Do you have a protocol that your kid can be strong enough to follow when they're still being told certain things by the teachers? Like, you know, it, it kind of makes me want to go to a school, visit, and kind of peep it from the aspect of I'm gonna tell my kids to do this which that's disobeying the, the, the authority, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, it's life or death, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So are you going to be mad at your student for not listening to the teachers? Do they really have a protocol in place? And I know things happen really quickly, right? So it's, it's, it's fast, it's in the moment. Um, but that's what we're talking about today, you know? Um, and we, we, we talked about not trying to be so heavy all the time, but again, mental health and wellness is just heavy within itself. And the topics and stuff that come up, unfortunately, they're heavy. But we want to try to attack this from a number of different ways. So yeah. that's what it is. The yeah. Oxford High Michigan shooting with this 15-year-old kid killed, killed four students and injured seven other people. Yeah. And um, of course, the most, you know, the most famous, infamous school shooting with Columbine back in 1999. And I remember watching it on TV as kids were running, like they were actually recording, because they hadn't figured out what was going on. The kids were all running. And those two young men, um, you know, when they did profiles on them, they started, you know, they started the trend, if you will, of, of, the, of the school shooting. And in which kids who are usually bullied, um, usually, misfits, if you will, meaning they don't necessarily fit in with the quote-unquote rest of the the, the students. Um, they definitely not tend to be the popular ones, and they're trying to find themselves on identity, and they sometimes go this route. 
And I'll say this because I've worked with some kids over the years. Um, to give you an example, when I was in Mississippi, I you know, received uh, a referral for a young, young boy who had, in his diary, wrote all the people he wanted to kill. Wow. and a journal and one of the teachers found it and of course they suspended him and you know and they sent him to me saying he can't come back to school unless you can guarantee he's not gonna kill anybody wow. and I'm like hmm I can't guarantee human behavior because that's what you're asking me to do I can I can do some prediction I can say there are certain factors that could contribute to him shooting someone but even with that said you still don't quite know everything in a young person's mind or anyone's mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can see as I'm talking, but do you really know what I'm thinking? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so... He may have protective factors like a, a stronger friend group or a, a mended relationship with his family members that have that have uh, uh, advanced his protective factors. But you still can't predict whether, because he's proven he'll do it. So you can't predict whether he will or won't do it again. Exactly. And so when, and what David alluding to is, of course, if you have, you know, a, come from a strong family, because that's one of the things as a therapist I look at. I look at not just that individual, but the environment that they're around. Are they from, you know, a pretty stable family? Um, do they have a history of being, you know, depressed or angry? Does this child have good grades? Does this child have ambition and goals? Do they have friends? If you look at everything as a whole, it gives you a better picture of what are the likelihoods that this young man will or will not do so. And one that was one of the hardest things I had to write a letter to the school to say, you can't keep this young man indefinitely out of school because you're worried that he may or may not. All we can do is have him in counseling and therapy and ha- you know, and get his family involved and get him, you know, on the right path. Luckily in his case he, he got on the right path and there was never issue with that. Uh, but one of the things I definitely want to address is that and I and I stand by this. It's the golden rule, doing to others what you want done to you. And I think what happens in a lot of these young people cases, they really are bullied. And schools really do dismiss a lot of bullying. Um, I've seen it just personally, where especially in a real little elementary school in particular, they dismiss it more. If a child comes up to, you know, a teacher is like, he hit me or he pushed me, and the teacher's like, oh, you know, yeah, it's not a big deal, it's not. But if you are that child who is not that strong at defending themselves, you will get bullied more and more. And so just think about, let's just, you know, take some, you know, we think about this particular young man. I don't know his story and he's still trying to figure out his story, but generally speaking, kids, you know, who are bullied young, for the most part, end up getting bullied most of their school career, unless something drastically changes where either someone helps them feel better about themselves enough to fight back, or they just go to a different school environment where kids are just, you know, less likely to do that. And so what I, one thing I want to say is that when you're watching this show, especially if you're a parent or, or uh, you know, or just a mentor, to really focus on kids not being mean to others. I always tell my daughter, her friends, I don't, we're not having any mean girls. Like if I see my daughter and her friends and they might say something mean, I stop them immediately. And they know I have a temper, so I don't really play that. So when they see, they get, they say, oh, Lord, she's she to get mad. And that's because I don't. If I see them talking about people, if I see, you know, them saying something, you know, once once behavior is performed, it increases the chance of it happening again. Exactly. Yeah. And And I want to throw thoughts in your home. It really does. I want to throw this at it in regards to you you talked about schools dismissing uh, bullying. Um, Again, being a community activist and a youth activist. One one of the reasons why they do is because it's rare. That's that's one of the things that's um, 
not stated a lot about bullying. Um, sometimes uh, students are jogging for position. Um, you know, a kid may say he's bullying me, and, and sometimes that kid conveniently leaves out what they did. Mm-hmm. Yes, true. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. Which is the point I was trying to make. Those, right. are, those are really kids, like, engaging in kid games, um, which, is, which is one of the reasons why bullying is not uh, uh, addressed like it should be. Because it's almost like the little boy who cried wolf. Like everyone is getting bullied and under investigation, no one is being bullied. Um, which, you know, kind of makes it like what are we investigating? Like exactly. why yeah. what are we addressing? Exactly. And that was the issue that um I ran across in this last uh, bullying situation that I went through, which this young man um was bullied at his uh previous middle school. Um was a real case of it. Uh was one of those kids who you know, doesn't defend itself, doesn't say much, you know, just kind of takes it, you know, comes home with the black eye, you know, um, not being violent. But then it goes to the whole uh, social media deal. He's going back and forth with people on social media. So now the fact that you did that when they start investigating, he's still not saying too much, but the little boy asks him, does he want to fight? And he's like, oh, yeah, we can. Two weeks later, the incident happens. Then they say that's mutual. Mm-hmm. You know, like, is it or is it not? You know what I'm saying? Just because he said something two weeks ago, if it was in his face, you know, and then he was attacked from behind in this particular situation. You know what I'm saying? But the thing and the point that I was getting at is that it goes to kind of what you were saying, the boy who cried wolf. You know, do we have time to investigate every single story? You know what I'm saying? You know, it takes up so much time, but there needs to be someone starting at home with the parent who can take the lead. You know what I mean? And again, talking to everybody over there on IG um, so they can see us. Um, you just got to be more involved with your own kid is, is, is my thing. You know, you, you know, you as a parent, you have to really take a stance and help your child. For those who are in that position, I'll say that because there is a number of different scenarios with that as well. Um, but you got to be able to give your kid a voice in an appropriate way. You know, you got to yeah. be able to check their behavior. And of course, as a parent myself, you can't check every single thing no, your you kid can't. is doing, but you just got to be more aware and a little bit more active. Um, because yes, Jay, everything starts at home. That is definitely the point I'm trying to make. And it's those simple answers that would make everything so much better. But then that becomes complicated because you yeah. can't always start at home uh, with, with no, certain some things. Some people, some homes you can't. I'm, I'm... Because, because ultimately, I think we got to hold the community more accountable. Get to what I was saying. Speak on. It's, 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 it's a village. Yeah. And it's a village issue. Yeah, it is. Um, it's 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 roughly 330 million Americans. It's it's 400 million plus guns in America. That's more than a gun a person. Stop being ready to shoot like, your neighbor when they get on your like, kid. <laughs> like, like that means that we have an issue that that's that's a communal issue. Like it ain't, it's not a we we paint it as if it's isolated. But this it's school shooting, mm-hmm. that school shooting. But no, it's a pattern of behavior. Like one of the things that America is hypocritical about is like the violence of America. We always try to act like it's abnormal to America and who we are. No, we are a country founded 
on violence. violence. Yeah. We yeah. have been violent through our tenure. We are violent today. Like yeah. it is not abnormal that we see uh, uh, police killing black people or people killing people in the streets or like it's not abnormal. This is how well, things have been. Anyone who got killed in her home. Yeah, yeah, since 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 the genesis of America. The the issue with it now is um. I find that I find that most of us now are becoming numb to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, we are normalizing what should be abnormal. Mm-hmm. Uh, we it, it it is just another shooting. It is just another. How many died this time? Oh, just four. Oh, it ain't like it was at the, like it is. Mm-hmm. Like, Santa Fe. You know what I'm saying? Lives. Like it, yeah. it's ways that we just kind of oh that's sad and we pass the remote. Like like the level of empathy for like these frequent occurrences because it's also what happens to your emotions like it's impossible for you to get your emotions up for everything like it is you can't live there that's why we talked a couple weeks ago about like people who stay in flight or flight response for an extended period of time like you can't do it like it's a it's an unhealthy space to live in as well as um having heightened emotions all of the time the professional side of it i like y'all to flow into what y'all were talking about earlier about the profiles you know and i was like okay is that your opinion or is that factual if you could dr p if you yeah. could start that I mean, off, in terms of you know. and, I, and i alluded to some of it in terms of you know the young people that you know tend to be white male um loners or they might have one friend but that usually um don't fit in for whatever reason um sometimes they're really brilliant and sometimes you're really brilliant you don't fit in with other kids because just the way that you talk and and want to relate to the world may not relate, you know, to the average teenager. And so you're feeling isolated. One of the things that we talk real quickly about, how, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Maslow, um, what you know, was a humanist who believed that we're all basically born good. And I'm but, sorry, say it again. Maslow. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Okay. And in his hierarchy of needs. He talked about how we as humans are basically born good, going back to that blank piece of paper, but different life experiences shape us. And he talked about how at the very bottom is your basic needs, having, you know, the need to, you know, food, you know, water. Like if you don't have those basic needs, you can't be your best self. Mm-hmm. Like if you're hungry, you're starving, you need sleep, you can't be your best self. That's everybody across the board. Then the next level is safety. safety. Shelter. Yes. Money. Exactly. Do you feel, you know, like, again, if you're dealing with poverty, then you can't be your best self. You can't be the best person because you're dealing with, hey, I, I don't feel safe in my environment. Anyone can kill me any moment. Or, you know, even in my own home, may not feel safe. My parents don't make me feel safe. Number one job of parents when their children are young is to make them feel safe. Right? So these are different levels. So you have to accomplish each level to be your best self. And then thirdly is this sense of love and belongingness. And when you, that's the sense of everybody wants to belong to someone or something. That's across the board. You want to fit in. That's just a natural need. You look, you know, it's like you're the outside looking in and everybody seems to be, you know, just imagine, you know, even babies, one baby cry in the nursery, what happens to the other baby? They cry because they see where the attention goes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's about, again, it's about the sense of belonging and wanting to be. That's a, that's a, that's funny. I get, you know, I always talk about land. It's so funny. Sitting there seeing cousins you don't see every day, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, Landon, I see you every day, boy. I give you love every day, and and as soon as I hug on somebody else, he come over there, right? Yeah. You know, and it's 
kids don't think about that, but that's, that's oh my what god, it's all about. even yeah. even as my daughter's teenager, and if I'm on the phone with somebody, also she has something to tell yeah, me. Yeah, she I'm won't like, be right by you, so he, what? <laughs> I didn't even see that. I see you all day. Funny. Now you want to sit next to me? Yeah. yeah. But it is that sense of love and belongingness. This is why there's games. This is why you know, no matter what, yeah. people are gonna find a way to fit in. And and and, and this is um, especially when I teach this to uh, my students, I always emphasize this third level of the hierarchy of needs because I, I I deem it to be the most significant. I deem it to be like where a lot of where a lot of criminality comes right. from, where a lot of depression comes from, where a lot of anxiety comes from. Um, after you accomplish those first two basic levels of getting enough sleep, getting enough eat, securing somewhere to stay, financial ability, mm-hmm. and it's time for you to have that third level, which is a sense of belonging, a sense to be loved and to give love. See, like part of what we don't uh, appreciate is for people who say it don't matter to me, I love y'all. And I, and I love y'all so much that I'm going to tell y'all y'all lying. <laughs> it matters to you. It matters to you because um, we only talk about what matters to us. The reason why we're not talking about some of the other issues that are that are important is because it ain't really on our radar. Mm-hmm. It don't really matter to us. Like we we prioritize what what is important, what is significant. When you say when I had a friend and one time he was he was telling me a story about this about this young lady he was talking to and he said uh. Yeah, man, she did this and she did that and she treated me like this and did that. And then and then after an hour passed, he said, but I don't really care, though. And I was like, he lying. Like, why would you say this long speech for such a long time if you were disinterested, if you didn't care? Um, so so part of it is us just not being afraid to understand that we want to belong. We do care. We want to love and we want to be loved. Um, both things are inherently true. So for those of us who think that <clears throat> we can kind of get off by just receiving love, uh, it won't be sufficient either. Um, it won't. You're gonna have to give too. And and it's because it's who we are. Um, we are not just recipients of energy, but we are also um, people who dispel energy as well. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is and this is why I want to think about um you know, we talk about, you know, being a community that, you know, we're all hurting. These, you know, young men who've gone and, and shot up schools and killed people, obviously they're hurting. Like there's no there is no way you can you you know, of course the people the victims are angry and upset at the you know, at the young men, the perpetrators, but at the same time, they have to be hurt. Because for you to go and you know, and take someone else's life, that's not healthy at all so it's something in you that's like you have a lot of anger and aggression you want to take it out on someone you want to you know this is your way of fitting in and, and the two cases that we just talked about two different schools in both situations they made videos about it and then the, the young man that um with santa Fe even had like a, i want to say like he was even on social media with it so, so it's again going into the whole notion of social media again that's your way of trying to fit in you're trying to get some connection you want someone to like your picture, if you will. Because if you're really thinking about hurting other people, well, what is your motive behind it? You're finally going to get that attention. You didn't get it, so now you're finally going to get it. You're going to be known for something. This young man in Michigan, he soon as the police came, from what I understand, he didn't, you know, he kind of surrendered. I'm not going to say it wasn't a little standoff, but the point is, he, you know, 
he was like, go ahead and take me in. Like he knew that, you know, that was the possibility. Oh, comes behind. Yeah, it comes behind because now everybody knows his name. Everyone's gonna know his name. He's gonna live in infamy because of 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 what happened. And so again, just today a young man asked me in my work, he was like, in your work, what would you say the number one trigger or uh, factor in causing people to, you know, have psychological issues? And I said, the parents. Because more often than not, when someone comes to my office, they have an issue with the mother or their father. Hmm. Siblings, not so much. They might have, but they can usually, even if they don't get along, they can say, I don't, don't deal with that brother or sister. But something about the people that brought us into this world, if you have issues with either one of them, whether it's abuse, whether it's neglect, whatever it might be, it changes who you are. And so when we go back to it starts from the home, I really mean that. And so this is why it takes a village because you might have a home that can't provide that to you. And so that's where the village comes in. This is where the school should come in. You should have that kind of teacher who might notice this young person is sitting by themselves. And in, in, in 2021, mm -hmm. it's likely you won't have a home that got all of it in it. See, like the village is an old concept. We yeah. used to know that it's impossible to put all of the pressures Put all of the tutelage, the teachings, the mannerisms, the traditions, the customs. Like we used to know it was hard to put all of that responsibility on the mother, on the father. Mm -hmm. Like that is a lot that you're asking them for. No, it takes a village. It, 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 it takes an uncle, really an aunt, a, a teacher, a coach, a mentor. Like it takes it take good people in the neighborhood who just strangers passing through, who just so happen to be interested in doing the right thing too. Like it, it takes a community. Part of it is the we don't really believe it. I'm just keeping it 100. We don't really believe it takes a community. Because we, we really live with a lot of philosophy of you can't say nothing because this one, that's not one that I had, and, you know, like, and, but we used to know that. Like, I, I, I was born and raised in a neighborhood where I knew all of my neighbors. Yeah. Like, I knew the one next door, the one next door. is like, for about a block or two, I could tell you, each person who lived in those yeah. homes, like, we don't, we don't really live in community like that. Like, again, we used to know that. Like, it's. We pull it for, up, keep for, our blinds closed, for, close a garage. for a community that don't come with a gate, me knowing my next door neighbor is just as secure as Brinks. Like it's just as secure as acting. Like he's like this is before Ring and all of the people could see who at my door. Now he used to go check my mail. Like when I was gone, like he used mm -hmm. to make sure that nobody come to my door. Who not, like the sense of community. Yes, I, I give you another example. Um, growing up, my baby sister, she used to escape out the house, find all kind of ways. Oh, just snitching on sister father. No, but she was two. It was the funniest thing. Like she was literally like, no matter what we did, sometimes she found a way out the door, uh, out the window. Like she would climb out windows. Like she just needed to be outside. She's still like that to this day, by the way. But the the thing about it, the neighbors, like we wouldn't even know she was gone. And somebody would come knocking on my door, holding her hand, like, here you go. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, we didn't even know she was missing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but that can't happen now. You know what I mean? Like, that would be frightening if you noticed your child was missing or, you know, like the wander off. But we lived in a neighborhood. Everybody knew who, who she belonged to. It was like, I was somebody I never met was like, here, walking her up the walk, you know, walking her up the driveway. And we were like, here she go again. And she's smiling, like, waving. I'm like, this girl here. But. The point is we live in a community where people knew each other mm -hmm. and we look out for each other. Mm -hmm. And so 
you know, you can be outside all day. Like, I, I mean, I would, I would be outside all day. We didn't even come like, home to like, like somebody. Like, 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 not only in those days can mm-hmm. somebody say something to your child, but you expect them to. You understand know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like you don't expect your kid to be able to get away with certain stuff in front of the community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, you expect this is your second mother, this is your third mother, this mm-hmm. is like you expect this type of standard. Yeah, yeah, that is a distinct difference. So this is what I want to do because I want to speak a little bit on that, and that's that's the largest part I say of the issue with people these days. Don't say nothing to my kid. You know what I'm saying? You're you're, yeah, you're scared to you're scared to even talk to somebody's child. Not that you're scared that the parents are gonna do something. Let me let me lean back over here on, on Instagram so I can see. Um, it, it's this. It's just that you don't even know if it's worth it, right? You don't even know if the parent is just as worse or worse than the kid. How they gonna respond? How they gonna react? Because what you're talking about, what you're talking about, that's eliminated from our culture. And I think that. If it was a way to get all that back or if it came back, that would eliminate a large portion of the issues that we have today. Because the kids walk out the house knowing this person better not say nothing to me. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go talk to my mama. Or they just don't respect them at all, period. You know what I'm saying? That we, level of respect <laughs> has been lost in so many we, different ways. We've come to the point where almost like, and I hate this about professionals too, because mm-hmm. professionals to a large degree only respect research. Yeah. It's almost like if I didn't read it in a peer-reviewed article, it's not, not the real true. thing. And and we've kind of got there as a people. We've kind of got there with institutions. Um, the school can tell you something. The church can tell you something. Um, if you go to jail, they can tell you something. Mm-hmm. We don't see the community as an institution. Like We don't see the neighborhood as an institution. It like really Because... Is. That's who can't talk to you. Right. That's who you're supposed to come get me for. And it's just like outside your front door should not be your opponent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if ain't nobody, if you don't got another safe space, this should be the safest. Of, this is where you stay. It's where you lay right. your head. Right. Like this should be the safest of spaces. Team aspect. Everybody in the neighborhood should work together. You have those community boards. You have the HOA and all this stuff. People working together, raising these kids. That whole aspect of the community. The kids should know, like, you know, for example, that whole thing. If they get off the bus, they done done something. The whole neighborhood know, and they are gonna get five buckles before they make it to the house. You know what I'm saying? And it's yeah. it should be acceptable. But look, let's and, and you have and you have dope organizations. You have uh, all your black men. You have uh, my brother. Keeper, um, you have uh, boys and girls. Club. Man, you have you have so many dope organizations. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, they're underfunded, they're overworked, they're they're not appreciated by the community. Um, I was just listening to a, a podcast today where he was like, um, where the researchers say that is actually evidence that community organizations have reduced violent crime. Like, like the issue, yeah. the issue yeah. with it is that um, they're not, they're not funded like police officers. Right. Um, when, when we, when we talk about alternative, yeah, ways you know, to police, ways, ways to, to keep approach. the community. Mm-hmm. Like, it goes with that whole love and belonging because if you feel someone cares about you and loves you, that and you belong, that takes away that need to hurt. Because it's like you're not gonna hurt your brother. 
Right. You know what I mean? And you know, and my and brother's keeper. I'm brother's keeper. That's the whole thing. Like when I watch these mafia movies and people killing each other, and but the thing that's always ironic to me when someone kills your family, you you you're, you're upset. Mm-hmm. The world is over, but then you're ready to go kill somebody else. And I'm like, that's right. somebody else's family member. Right. So it's like if you can really start seeing each other as like you said, community or family or brother, it becomes harder to hurt someone. Mm-hmm. Like you you know, if you really truly see that we're a family, even if we you know, not come from the same bloodline, but you can see that we're a community and a family, you're yeah. less likely to cause harm to someone else. So David and, and Dr. Pete, so mm-hmm. to hone in on, on, on the specific topic that we're talking about mm-hmm. in the school shooting yeah. and not have it be so help help um heavy mm-hmm. For the people that are listening and have kids, we talked about the profiling yeah. of them. We talked about signs that we're looking for. Um, what are so? Yeah, how do you profile you this shooter or other shooters? And then, based on those profiles, what do you look for mm-hmm. as a warning sign? As a warning sign, and that's the and again. And well, you well, and, and again, you probably can't profile and profile. Them. Um, to some degree. This yeah. is, these are just these are just soft measurements. Mm-hmm. Like um, we've been around long enough that a, that a layman can tell when somebody's not okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, spend a lot of time by yourself. It's, we are communal people. Like this mm-hmm. is what it means to be human. We're, we're species that exist in communities. Um, so isolation. This is why it's abnormal um, because we don't exist like that. Mm-hmm. It's not how we do things. Mm-hmm. No matter what culture you're from, you're not. <laughs> we, yeah, we exist in community. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, um, you know, this year, 2021, has been 144 school shootings. Um, that's a lot in 2021. Um, more important than that, there have been 3 million school-aged children exposed to school shooting. Mm-hmm. That was the other thing we were mm-hmm. talking about. The, what is the mindset the effect, of those kids? Yeah. 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 The, the residue mm-hmm. of those experiences. What of it? That goes with the whole safety mm-hmm. issue. Because now at school, you don't feel safe. At school now, you're like, you know, every time you, you hear noise or boom, um, you're wondering. Uh, you know, kids now talk about it. They're like, man, it was a threat at school today. Or somebody said this was going to happen. You know, it's like a conversation. So you're growing up in an era. I didn't grow up in that era where there were school shootings. So for me, yeah, there's some bullies and, you know, people got beat up bad and things like that. But in terms of just straight up someone coming and aiming you know, walking through the halls just straight shooting people. And again, that goes into the whole notion, and we've talked about it, but maybe not in depth in terms of trauma and how trauma, once you traumatize, it changes the way your brain works, period. So what that means is your your whole brain is altered permanently. So what you can do, there's certain things you can do to try to, you know, to alleviate some of that or to be able to function. But that's something that never goes away. Again, going back to the paper, when kids witness something like that, I'm glad you brought up the three million. I mean, that's that damage is lifelong. Mm-hmm. Of I don't feel safe anymore, especially if you know the person you're at school mm-hmm. and you're at school, or you were definitely like it's one thing to be like we hear about it, but one thing to be in the mo- in the moment and you were literally in the classroom scared this person comes shoot me at any moment. I can't defend myself. Mm-hmm. That's like, what I wanted to get to. Mm-hmm. What do you do for that student? And and I mean, I already know. And of course, y'all got to remember, mm-hmm. when I ask these questions, I'm doing it for the audience, right? I'm yeah. doing it for the person that yeah. may watch this show at some point in time. What do you do for that student? You know, from a professional standpoint, what do you recommend or 
you know, what would you advise um, for somebody, they tell you you got to go to school. Yeah. That student that was right there in front of the student that fell down because they got shot to death. And now they like, I don't want to go to school. I can't do it. You know, they take it to the extreme. You know, what are some suggestions or whatever? Like, what, what, how would you approach that student or the parent? You know, what would be something you would say? That's um, one, and of course, baby can jump in. That's one of the hardest things because I've worked with kids who've been traumatized before. And in some cases, some kids can't go back to school. It's just real. They cannot. They, you know, because if you can't learn, that's most important. If, you, if your anxiety has gotten to the point where you, you might function, you can't function, idea. Yeah, yeah. you're like, okay, now we might have to homeschool. We might have, I mean, in some kids' cases, that's the truth. This is what happens. In other kids' cases, what I call more resilient, maybe, mm-hmm. they're able mm-hmm. to, you know, get back. Yeah, they're able to say, okay, this is it. This is what it, what it is. The bottom line is, it is about helping your child build resilience, to help them what I call focus on what's going on, like what's the power of now, because we can't predict the future. Yes, we want to be able to tell, we want to be able to tell the child that it won't ever happen again, but we can't. All we can say is do your best to, you know, like I said, what are the protocols at the school? What is my personal protocol? I do think parents should have their own, even if it doesn't matter what the school says. That's why some parents let their children have cell phones regardless of what the school says, because the parents are like, my child's going to contact me if there's danger at the school. I need my child, because I need to reach my child. If I notice them, you know, and so they're, you know, they're, you're not supposed to have cell phones in school, and at least at some schools, and people ignore that. But what, anytime you're dealing with trauma, it takes a while to process. Mm-hmm. There's no simple question. That's not a simple answer. So when they bring counselors in the school to talk, sometimes I feel like that's not the best because there's a group of them and, it's, and they're talking. And, it's, and, most of the and we're like leaving. This. And we're leaving. And we're leaving. Yes. And we're leaving. And like, we're leaving. I've, I've done, mm-hmm. I've done uh, uh, crisis counseling mm-hmm. after a school tragedy mm-hmm. many times, mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately. And um, we're there a week max. Um, we're leaving. Um, we we talk to people. Uh, we 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 give our condolences. Uh, we 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 do our best with us uh, solution focused therapy. Um, but to be honest, most people have not even grappled with it yet. Like it hasn't mm-hmm. even hit mm-hmm. them exactly. yet. We haven't processed it. It's possible. It's so big. Mm-hmm. Like they 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 haven't the time to really consider what's going on, the magnitude of the loss. Um, they kind of need us when, when we're leaving. Um, mm-hmm. We leave after a week, and they kind of need us in about two or three weeks. Um, and, and they need us for a more consistent period of time. Um, so, yeah, I, I find it to be uh, lacking, too. I, just, yeah. I would say, so something I thought about, and, and I didn't think about it before I asked the question, but I kind of thought about it while, y'all, while after I asked it. It goes back to the thing you said within the second week of the show or either it was the first and you talked about attaching them to the future. And like if you were talking to this, uh, what is it, Michigan school shooting, mm-hmm. at what point or like in the process of helping them deal with it and, you know, like you said, they haven't grappled with it yet. How soon would you recommend attaching them to something in the future to help them get past it? So... Again, like Dr. P say, it's it's um it's tailored per individual mm-hmm. um, because you don't know the fragility of a person's mind, right? You don't know how that, like we said um, at the end of the show, yeah. we don't know what they really, really, really think. like, like, yeah. like if that if that delusion that they're that they're entertaining, you don't know what's on the other side of that. 
Like if you take down their delusion, then what? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, what if this is the thing that's keeping them from hurting themselves? Because I was close to this person yeah. that I just lost. I was. Yeah. They died in my classroom. I just, I just left that classroom. Yeah. I could have. That could have been me in that house. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. you don't know what kind of story they creating in their mind to make this make sense right now. And we're very good at uh, uh, at going from one day to the next. Like most of us that have had to just make sense of a thing right now, we really can't tell you about that thing in a year or two. Right. Because we just had to cope with it right, right in then. the moment. Yeah. We, I had to I had to build a bridge right then to get by, and it may have been made of straw, but it wasn't about the quality of the bridge at the time. It was about just making sure I survived the moment. Um, which is not a bad tactic, you know. Part of that issue is it's still a straw bridge. Never forget that. So when you so when you go back toward that memory, when you go back toward that uh, common experience, it may be a little triggering. Just remember, you didn't do the work that was necessary. It's, it's not the worst thing to do, but just remember, when you pass this similar situation, you didn't do the necessary work to you know kind of cross this like you could go yeah. back and forth smoothly. So. Yeah. Yeah, and and again, oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was going to push the score, so go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's just, it's no like you said. It has to be to everyone's different, and so that's why. Even though I know that's the first reaction is people go, you know, everybody go get together and you know talk to the counselors, but again, each person is that's an individualized experience that people have based on their own history where they might have been traumatized somewhere else. We don't know. And so it does become difficult when we talk about how do you help, you know, a young person. So for me, it really is about as a, you know, as a therapist, as a parent too, is to keep the conversation going, the process. How are you feeling? Because you're right. Initially, it might just be in shock and it's just going through the motions and they may not feel anything. You're like, you're not upset. You're not this. And they're just processing. So it is about checking in here and there to say, how is it? I remember like when Katrina first hit, I'm, you know, I was affected. I'm from New Orleans. I was, you know, my family lost, you know, everything. It was crazy. People, I had people living in my house. Like everybody, I had all my family living with me in Baton Rouge, you know, and they were asking me to come do these big crisis shows, and I just refused because in my head I'm like, I actually live with people who came from New Orleans who are, you know, dealing with it on a one-on, and everybody's dealing with it differently. Everyone in my house was dealing with it differently. So how am I supposed to go and talk a group of people and? Like so pouring from yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I'm, you know, yeah, because I myself was going through it. I was going through it because of my family members being lost. You know what I mean? So, in that it could have been me because I just moved to Baton Rouge, you know, before the storm hit. Because I could have been, we all would have been just friends. And I say all that to say, when we're traumatized, it is when we talk about coping, it does become more individualized. Of course, there are things in general you can do, you know, such as um, checking in, get, you know, getting them to say, you know, this is what happened. What we can do to be more protective. These are things we can do as a family. These are things that we do as a community, as a school, so that kids feel safer. And a lot of schools have put in measures to make schools safer. Um, they have, but I mean, but as a parent, you know, sometimes I've been to schools where they just don't really lack. They kind of lack saying, "Yeah, come on in," you know. Mm -hmm. And then you got schools who really on it. So, let me let me tell you this: in 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 the, in the urban schools that I grew up in, um, <laughs> since middle school, they had these things called metal detectors. And, and 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 every urban school that I ever been in, we walked through metal detectors 
You had yeah. to give somebody your backpack. At some of these schools, they mm-hmm. even had police officers and dogs. I'm saying this to say that school shootings are happening around the country. One of the solutions I have not heard is to place metal detectors in those schools. That's true. It only makes me wonder why. Because there's a population of people who have had metal detectors in their schools for 30, 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. Like we're so used to them. Mm-hmm. It's like a nothing. Well, lean on me with that's, that's, I was just about to say, <laughs> it reminds me of lean on me. And, yeah. and there's some, there must be some legislation issue and with and that. We're used to them. They, yeah. they gave them hell yeah. by trying to get the yeah. yeah. We're, we're yeah. used to them. Like there are metal detectors at every entrance and every exit. And for populations that are at risk for school shootings, that they keep happening with your Sandy Hooks and your uh, mm-hmm. Florida's and your, um, it just keeps happening. Like one of the solutions I never hear is to put metal detectors in those schools. It 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 it, it begs the, the the hypocrisy that for one you kind of know what it means to have a metal detector in your school. Yeah, mm-hmm. You kind of know what it means. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's okay for one population. To yeah. have that, to grow up with that, for mm-hmm. that to be a common thing in their school, and then it's not okay for another population. We, we wouldn't even we wouldn't even think of it. Um, it could it could easily identify a weapon in a school, but we wouldn't even we wouldn't even think of it. We would, we would have none of it. We want these kids to feel like we got some other kids feeling. Yeah. That's true. That's true. So to bring us home, and and also. Um, you, you were given some of what I was looking for as far as the kind of like the solutions and the walkthroughs, and you both were um, with this whole situation with the school shootings and talking about how you can cope with it and this and that. And, and, and if y'all would, to wrap up the conversation, it affects, we're talking mostly about the kids, but it yeah. affects the parents too. Yeah. How do you deal with this kid that's coming home feeling these ways? Whether you're a parent who's mentally fully equipped you know mm-hmm. successful you know this mm-hmm. maslow hierarchy mm-hmm. you know all of this stuff becomes the mental health and mm-hmm. wellness issue you know what i'm saying it's like you know how do you parent to that child you know um if you're able to it becomes easier you know then you have to talk to both of them you have to talk to the kid and give advice to the parent as well on how to deal with it when they're dealing with they trying to make month-to-month bills and yeah. you know all this type of stuff yeah. um if there's anything y'all want to wrap the conversation up with, you know, on a more like not necessarily positive note, yeah. maybe an advisory note or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Parenting, um, like any art or, uh, um, and and um, and competitive venture, um, you have to do your work early. Mm-hmm. So if me and my offspring have built a solid rapport, it allows me when tragedy comes. It allows me to kind of be able to have engage in conversations that if we didn't have this relationship, you may be uncomfortable engaging in. Mm-hmm. If, if we weren't here where we are, you may not tell me how you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Like you, you may do something else. You may pick another pathway. You may, you may venture off into something else that I don't condone. Yeah. Um, so it's to do your work early for you That's to set true. the table for these type of situations. Yeah. So when they do occur, you feel like okay, yeah. 
I can go to dad, and yeah. I can go to mom. It's, it's, you know, what you said, I made it simple. My first thought was just give them a big hug. That was literally my first thought. When they come in, just hug them, to love on them, to remind them you're still alive. And I'm grateful. And, you know, but it's just the, the what I call like that, you know, again, going with the whole hierarchy of me feeling safe. You know, making your child feel safe. I think that's one of the, the most important jobs of a parent is to make your child feel safe. Even if as a parent you're doubting it, you have to show that, you know, your child that we're going to make through this. I am going to help you through this the best that I can. You know, I'm glad you said that because the question going to start with you. So I was going to say I, I can look at my mother with this question in regards to doing the work early. Man, she started when I was a little one, you know what I'm saying? And and there's been times throughout the years where we disagree, I get frustrated, she get frustrated, and we ain't going to talk. And then if there's something that needs to be talked about, either I'm going to say, okay, we need to talk, you know what I'm saying? And it's just, we just get right back to it, you know what I'm saying? Because the work was done early. Yeah. Um, but with all that being said, my mother, her question is, the crazy question is, how does a parent parent the shooter or the killer? The same way, because at the end of the day, that's still your child. In some ways, sometimes I think parents get caught in guilt. I, I give you a different example. Jeffrey Dahmer's daddy stood by his side till he died. And I was like, and his mother was like, I can't do this. But his mother had psychological issues already, which is what they say might contribute to Jeffrey Dahmer. But I say that in the sense, when I saw that, I'm like, but he still saw him as his son. And so it's one of those where I'm not saying, you know, your child's on a crime, of course, you know, they're about to do some time. There's no hope. Well, hopefully they'll do time given what they did. But how do you parent? It's already done. So it's kind of going back. You have to do the work so that your child is not in that position where it doesn't happen. Of course, sometimes things in life might happen where they kill somebody in self-defense. I'm not talking about those situations. I'm talking about when it's meditated, when something happened to them where they feel like this is the only way I can solve it is to hurt people. Mm -hmm. that, you know, so it really is about you as a parent taking ownership of, because a lot of parents want to say that had nothing to do with me. I'm here to tell you, your child keeps, you know, messing up, a lot has to do with you. Because mm -hmm. it, it becomes a certain point in the child's development where mm -hmm. you can no longer parent it, or, or at least those opportunities to parent are seldom. Um, the 30, the 35, they're in jail. Mm -hmm. Like, your, your, your opportunity, your space to parent is, you know, Gone. It becomes those core values and being her only child and her son, you know, I can give her the props that's necessary because, again, she's done that work, right? And and I think she's coming from more of the perspective with the question of, if you haven't done that, you know, what do you do? And then I think it's kind of like, you said it just so quickly. I was shocked. You just like, you just, you just got you to do the same thing. You just got to be there. But I think the, the thought and the ideas that I get is um, self-accountability. Yeah. Like you don't even think about parenting. You have to check yourself. You do. You know, and you then really you do. like you said, you have to own that. Yeah. You know, um I just think I'm you know what I'm saying? Yeah. For for everything she's done and for so many people in our family. But anyway, before she started crying, she'd be at home crying stuff. <laughs> no, I would be too. No, I would be too. But 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 seriously, you know, she put preventive maintenance and and, and that's definitely like you say, doing the work early, you yeah. know what I'm saying, I think is the answer. So for me it's Anybody that's watching, think about that, you know, with this whole situation. What could you do different? Goes back to what I teach and preach with my uh, nonprofit organization, Expose, imposing and exposing opportunities, bridging the gap both ways, you know, having a, a young man look down or look over, uh, I mean, having an older man looking down and over and after a young man to make him better, mm -hmm. and then that 
adult that missed his way being able to see the youth and not feeling envious or jealous or whatever and be able to say, you know what, I need to be better so I can help this younger generation, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, so I think that that's kind of the answer. Um, but I want to wrap up this yeah. so we can get to our meditation part. But did y'all have any closing remarks to wrap up the conversation? My only thing is we'll keep talking about it. I'm definitely pretty much I'm gonna keep on parents. That's just my thing. People hate me when I do that, but I focus on parents a lot. I yeah. just do just because yeah. my work has been with kids and adolescents. And just, that, no, I feel the same way. Um, parenting is an art. I'm I'm not as hard on parents as I used to be, but I, I it's it's a level of accountability that must be you know they must be held to. Yeah, um, we yep. we also have to. Be we also have to hold the community to a higher standard. Now. Um, if we gonna have kids, if we gonna if we gonna be pro having kids, if we gonna be all of that, then, then everybody needs to put a, a hand in. Everybody needs to do their part. Um, one of the things I think that's absent from the conversation of procreation is what are we creating? Yeah, and, and I, I would say you know, in addition to what they're saying, the takeaways for me today is in talking about this school shooting. It's sad. It's, it's devastating. It's going to have lasting effects. But what are some of the things we can do? Be proactive in our parenting. Start early. Um, if you happen to be the parent of that violating individual, still parent, make them feel safe. And something I want to leave you all with is, is not necessarily something I didn't know, but just the fact that it was called Maslow hierarchy of needs, you know, and that is um, well, I'll let you explain. Yeah, I don't no, want to miss yeah. speak, so no, go ahead. No, no, you yeah. explain. I got it wrote down for yeah. my studying later. But go ahead and speak on that again. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that that's huge. It is. I mean, for me, this is kind of how I, I approach when I do when I work with people. I do approach it from that angle of what need did not get met that led them to do this particular behavior. And so, just like real briefly, and there's going to be a show when we talk a little bit more in depth about certain things like this and how it relates, but. In terms of just briefly, because I know we've run out of time, we've got to do the meditation. Mm -hmm. um, thirst, hunger, got to satisfy those needs. Next is safety, love, and belonging. Self-esteem, meaning you feel good about who you are as a person. And, and, and so that, 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 because, okay, remember when we said the third level is belonging and love, meaning that you want to be accepted into a group. Everybody want to be part of something, uh, regardless of what they say. That, that fourth level, that esteem, is not only to belong to a group, but to be identified in the group, mm -hmm. to have esteem in the group, mm -hmm. to, to, to be seen, to be noticed in the group, to have prestige, to not just be a church member, but be on the usher board, mm -hmm. to be a choir member, to, to get honor. Yeah, you're taking you know, pride like, in who you are within this group. Yeah, I'm not just yes. a part of it. I'm a contributing factor. And then lastly is, is a level that most people never reach, according to Maslow, just because it's hard to reach all the the, the previous levels is self-actualization. That's your best you. Doesn't mean you're, you're perfect or don't make mistakes, but you recognize you work on it. It's like the best you that you can be mm -hmm. at the very top. And that's when you achieve all the other needs. So, so is there any theory or definition behind for those who do achieve all these, then you become self-actualized. That's the term. That is the best you. He would argue that, you know, that people like the Martin Luther King Juniors of the world or people who just really went beyond and above themselves were self-actualized. Not that they didn't have faults, not they didn't have mistakes, but generally speaking, all this was met so they can focus on the bigger picture. Mm. So they could be the best self because when all this is met, the only thing you worry about now is, I, you know, now it's time to help people. How can now I give time, me somebody yeah, else? Basically. Yeah, that's amazing. So again, that's, you know, the need of uh, hunger and thirst, you know, the need to have safety, 
to um, love and belong to a group, to have your self-esteem, and then you become self-actualized. And once you own, I guess that's like owning yourself, owning you yourself. know, and yeah. um, then you're ready to help other people. So think about that. Um, so, David, with with everything that we talked about, we're going to come up with a name for this segment <laughs> of the show. Uh, pass me those fruit over there real quick while you're introducing it. You know, we got to eat that. Thank you to Dr. P for bringing these next lovely snacks in here. And uh, we appreciate it. And then, of course, this entire show, you see that bottle right there, David, because we're going to hope that somebody is working with Stella or can can find out some. You know, we're going to have some coping with Stella moments. I can't even say around. There we go. Yes. Coping with Stella moments, you know. Um, and it's, it's, it's nothing wrong with the drinking in the moderation for those folks who, how y'all going to have mental health and wellness? Y'all up there drinking? Listen, everybody has a glass of wine every now and then. So no problem with that. Um, so, David, take it away. You know, whatever you feel is appropriate. And I'll let you introduce, you know, what we are doing for those folks that this is their first time. All right. So next week, we actually going to do the um, a type of focus meditation. Again, you know, focus meditation is just when it focuses on your senses. I apologize. All good. <laughs> but next week, we actually going to do the one where you eat. It's where you taste something. And it's different oh, cool. from walking through it. So I'll do it. I got to bring something. <laughs> Try to have something like a raisin or like a banana or, you know, something like that. But today, we're going to do a focus meditation that focuses on sound. So, uh, some of you guys uh, have uh, beeps on your phone, chirps on your phone. Uh, if not, you can go to YouTube. Um, I myself have a meditation bowl. Um, mm. A meditation bowl is something that you can purchase off of Amazon. Ten fifteen dollars. Is that the doom vibration thing? No, you just uh, it's a bowl like this. Okay. Comes okay. with like a utensil. Okay. And you do it like this around it. It makes a sound, and you kind of follow that sound. Gotcha. So, but we don't have a bowl today. Mm-hmm. I don't have my bowl today. Um, but what we will follow is this pattern. Okay. Now. I want to tell you, I hope you guys can hear this. Mama's, Mama's just suggestion that your segment be called Focus Meditation. <laughs> okay, said, that's a good and simple name, Focus Meditation Segment. So we'll take that into consideration, my love. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, we, yes, we will take that into consideration. Um, so what you will do is you will focus on this sound. And you will focus on the pattern. Now, what I want you to also know is this sound will stop. You are supposed to still focus on it. Mm. The meditation is supposed to carry the sound on. You're supposed to follow that sound on beyond when it stops. Again, this process is meant for you to focus. This process is meant for you to kind of um, um, be able to control your attention for an extended period of time. Um, Again, you know, part of the issue is we have a very hard time focusing on anything. Uh, Most of us have did multiple things within the hour of this podcast. Um, Generally, when we watch TV, as soon as it goes on the commercial, we change the channel. It's just habitual. (laughs) I understand. Um, It has a level of uh, lack of attention and anxiety in that combination. Change the channel when it's commercial time. So we're going to focus on this. This will stop. You will continue to focus on the sound and the pattern. 
and then we'll be done. All right, you guys, make sure that you are somewhere comfortable. Try to center yourself. Look around behind you to your side. Make sure you know where you are in the room. After so, find your comfortable space on the floor. Have a seat and close your eyes. As you close your eyes, I need you to focus on the, on the sound. Focus on the pattern. Focus on the cadence. The tone. What is the instrument? What makes this sound? Focus on the beat. Continue to focus on the pattern. As your mind drifts away, go back to the beat. Hear the pattern. Hear the cadence. As your mind drifts away, bring it back to the beat. Follow the beat. All right, and when you guys are ready, you can enter the room again. So, um, again, the reason why we do the meditation is because there's multiple reasons. One of them is because we don't slow down enough. Um, we're always on the go. We always have uh, a reason why we can't live in the here and now. We always have a reason why we need to worry about the past or why we need to be concerned with the future. Um, meditation allows us to stay in the moment. Another reason why we do it is because so we can increase our ability to pay attention, so we can increase our ability to focus. Um, we do many things today on autopilot, including drive, including talking to people, including our job. These are some of the most important things we do in life, and we do them on autopilot, meaning that we do them non-consciously. Um, we're not really doing them um, deliberately. We're not really doing them with any with any uh, intentionality involved. We just kind of passing time, if you will, it's kind of what we do. Um, and meditation allows us to live like a more conscious, a more aware uh, life. Yo, I found my meditation. I'm going to have to do sound, bro, because it was in my body the whole time. When you stop, like, that like seriously, okay. that one worked for me. That's like, good. I mean, not that the other ones didn't, but I was getting unfocused with all the other ones. Mm -hmm. This one, I was still there, like, for real. It was just like, the only thing I started thinking about was, Okay, you know, and then I was going back to this, you know, but anyway, anyway, I'm, that's, that's yeah. just my thing. You know, for, for a lot of, um, I know a lot of people, uh, honestly, I know a lot of African-Americans who the sound 
works best for mm-hmm. them. Like, I know a lot of African-Americans who've had, like, real, legitimate, left, bizarre spiritual experiences through yeah. the practice of meditation. And they do it with the bowl, and they do it with a charm, mm-hmm. with a little triangle, and they do it with, like, this little baby gong. Yeah. And, and those three methods that they use with sound, they have really reached, you know, some what I would describe as nirvana. I've never been where they are, have been, mm-hmm. but they have really reached some height. Absolutely, mm-hmm. man. And I got to just say <laughs> shout out to my girl. Um, and she she practices all this, too. And she hit me with that sound bowl, you know, where it gives a vibration. She put it on the stomach. You know what I'm saying? We had all experience in so it takes me back to that, like, okay, I know somebody I can talk to about mm-hmm. that. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, so anyway, uh, it, it's definitely been a great show. Um, appreciate again. Of course, Instagram has stopped us on it once again. I don't understand why it keeps doing that. But maybe it's uh, the length of it or something like that. We'll, we'll figure that out. But we appreciate everybody who's been tuning in on Facebook um, and YouTube. Yeah, so I was getting ready to say, before we go, we do have one last thing. We have the Dr. P tip of the week. That's um, parenting said We've already been talking about it. One thing you can do, um, whether your child is, a, or if it's not your child, but some person that you mentor or, you you know, um, you see like a, you know, uh, I guess you're like a parent figure to that child. So just check in with them. I mean, something simple as, what was the best part of your day today? Or what was the worst part of your day? Just having that, open that dialogue. Um, that's the, the, the tip of the week, to checking in with um, those that are under you, that you um parenting, mentoring, even if they're grown, to check in with them True. just to see how, you know, I do it to my father. <laughs> like, how you doing that? I'm just checking on you. He's like, oh, thank you for checking on, you know. But yeah, that's it. Because grown, grown people not okay. Exactly. Had we known <laughs> this is what grown was going to be, we just stay kids. We just stay kids. <laughs> grown people not okay. Absolutely. True. So again, name that tip. Yes. We just, that tip is checking, you know, checking on people, checking on your loved ones, checking in. At least out there every day, check on them as much as you can. Okay. Absolutely, absolutely. And so again, um, we appreciate everybody who's checked in. Um, always, my mom Jay is tuning in every week, and if I think it's your sister or somebody yes. that's tuning in every week, we appreciate you guys. My mom. And for those and your mom, for those of you we don't know, we appreciate you guys tuning in and stuff like that. So again, the tip of the week is check on your people. Just check in. Um, do your meditation. And uh, find out which one works best for you, or just hey, go on a, on a tour and just try all of them. Um, and if you don't know what they are, I'm gonna say just go back and watch the show, right? <laughs> yes. Because uh, you can go to YouTube and catch all the shows, or you can go to our Facebook page. Show, yeah. um, absolutely. And I will say, I have to put up a couple of the shows on the YouTube channel, and uh, you can catch us on Anchor if you are one of those folks who would like to just mm-hmm. listen uh, while you're driving um, and don't have all of the uh, particular graphics. If you just are on the move and can't catch us live and visually, you can definitely get with us uh, virtually. I mean, just in audio um, and check everything out uh, audio wise. So, again, go and follow us uh, at the, the Mind Matters podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any questions or anything you want to send to us. Or, again, if you're somebody who would like to sponsor the show, your business, who feels like your business relates to mental health and wellness. We have a few of you guys already. Uh, send us an email at the mind matters, and again, that's D A, not T H E, D A, the mind matters podcast show, uh, not podcast show, the mind matters podcast at gmail.com, and send us all your information there. Uh, hit us on the inbox, hit us in the DM on Instagram, 
however you need to do it, we will definitely get back with you. Y'all can read this stuff down there. Absolutely. <laughs> Check it at the bottom <laughs> of the screen is what I was yeah. going to say. Context clues. Absolutely. We appreciate you guys. Um, have a great week. Now, what do we want to tell them about next week, guys? We're going to figure out how we're going to come back or it's going to be a situation where we might not be here. We haven't quite figured it out yet. No, we're going to do it. And we have to figure it out. Y'all going to get a show. We're going to wait. Dr. P about to go to Jamaica. Y'all gonna so we're going to have to do something virtual we're gonna figure something it out. like that. We're going to figure it out. So <laughs> look for us next that's week. That's myself here. Absolutely. Y'all be good. Bye. Absolutely. Y'all have Bye. a good week. Appreciate y'all.